Storm? Storm, can you hear me? Yeah, well, it's working now. Great. Uh, ready to start when you are. Okay, but I don't want to be out on the field. Why can't I be in a booth with a padded ass cushion and a catered lunch? Storm, you're on a battlefield. The people upstairs want you to cover the aftermath of the infernal insurgents. Who else would they send? Me? <laughs> Maybe an intern. Whatever, I'm hungry. Let's just do this. Welcome back, fantasy fans, to more of the League of Ultimate Questing, the show that puts the XP in expedition. My name's Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. We have a special field report to bring you folks today, after Paragon-ranked Team Chaos Legacy helped bring down a group of infernal cultists, attempting to overthrow the Danmirian Bronze Citadel. We've got everyone's favorite retired League hero, Stormclad Thundertongue, on the scene to survey the aftermath. Storm, how's it looking down there? <sighs> well, it looks like a crater, Kip. Like if a gunpowder warehouse had a fight with a lamplighter's guild. And there's robed corpses all over the place. It's like a thrash bash concert, but instead of water bottles and pamphlets, people forgot which bin you were supposed to put your charred cultist in and then just dropped them on the ground. Let me tell you, the smell is not helping my hunger situation in either direction. Is anyone else on the scene with you? Maybe we can get an interview. Oh, let's see here. There's some League Maudrones helping out with the cleanup, some soldiers at the Citadel Wall, a few clerics wandering around playing Find the Pulse. Hey, preacher! Yeah, wanna sit in confession over whatever the hell's happened here? Well, fine. A thousand blessings to you. To go with your thousand ass-kickings, you pious jackass. Ugh, man, the Chaos Legacy's busy counting gold and putting out fires on the outskirts. You know the old saying, interrupt a loot and get yourself a boot. Hey, Theo. You're looking good, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yep, I see ya. Kid, these kids don't want an interview. They just walked through Hellfire and came out clean. Last thing they need is some old has-been drilling them on what pair of fancy pants gave them the edge this time. I'm coming back to the booth. Oh, well, that's too bad. But I am glad to hear the teams are safe and the damage is being repaired. But you can see the bedlam that unfolded here, folks. It must have been an incredibly dangerous battle. We're just sorry that the infernal interference interrupted our signal. The folks at the lab are looking for new ways to make sure that doesn't happen again. In the meantime... Oh, we got an explosion, Kip. Storm? Storm? What was that? The holy cats. Looks like some of the devils were hiding among the dead. Oh, we got action, Kip. Oh, baby. Are we getting this? Uh, here we go, folks. Out of the ashes of the Citadel Warfield come a grip of unearthed outsiders, armed and ready to finish what their master started. The Chaos Legacy's back in the fray. Ah, so much for that long rest. Hey, hey, you guys need a hand? I got my knife on me. No? You sure? You know, I'm going to go over there and uh, get a better shot. And uh, just hope that none of the devils come my way and try to start some sh- No storm. Well, folks, we'll bring you loads of battlefield footage once we get our signal cleared up. In the meantime, let's catch up with Immortal Dawn, who are making a break for the city gate in the undead capital of Endariel. The Legions of the Dead are in hot pursuit, and our hero-ranked team seem to have been tagged by a spectral bullseye. Let's find out if they can run for their lives from the unliving right now. The Mortal Dawn is racing through the undead capital of Andariel in their Lachey wagon at top speed. You see the wagon tear out of the cemetery gates and take a westward route towards the exit of the city. There is a large main street surrounded by tall buildings, gatehouses, and a bridge that goes over the Toxic River. And behind them, in fast pursuit, is a colossal undead spirit walker, an entity of shadow and starlight that is the patrolling guardian of this realm. And you have each been marked with a red bead of magical energy from a banshee constable. You can see that something about this red bead of energy that hovers over your head is slowly melting away the facade that you have worn to disguise yourselves as undead and pass normally through this place. The creature is made of pure necrotic energy. It towers over the building and it is in fast pursuit as you escape the graveyard, racing towards the city exit. You can still hear the aftermath of the battle that you fled from, as the shrouded do battle with the gravebound there near the mausoleum. Chris is in the wagon. He's just kind of like, kind of crazed still, really excited from the battle, but also locking eyes to what would be the eyes of this necrotic beast, and he just wants to go after it. So he just starts making his way out of the wagon. Archim just grabs him and pulls him back in. No, no, no. You'll have your chance. Let them fight their own battles. He's he's just pulling. He's, he, I'm not even sure he can hear Artyom. Uh, what do you feel like when you're reverberating? You guys have felt like a static electricity pulsing through you. It's a, it's a silent harmony. But this is really different. And even the fact of his eyes being 
usually of a light hue. They're kind of dark and really fiery, like a dark flame. Uh, I'll just keep holding you down, kind of just keeping you in the seat next to me. You need to calm down. It's like grabbing a giant Hitachi at full power. <laughs> I was going to say like an electric toothbrush, but we can go with Hitachi. You if we... need to calm down. <laughs> and you all become very aware that this creature is potentially much faster than the wagon you're racing in. Arvid is ushering the horse on as fast as you can, but we are going to enter a skill challenge. Yes. As the Mortal Dawn races to exit the city before you are caught by either the spirit walker or slown down by the civilians here. Does it look like it's going to stop at the graveyard for the other people that are marked, or is it coming straight for us? It's on your tail. Balls. Okay. Mm. So we're going to keep the same initiative order from the battle. Because it's very convenient. So balls. (laughs) Well, you're not competing against anyone except for the narrative, so it's uh, not that big a thing. So first is Artyom. Yeah, it is. I'm going to touch my holy symbol, and the moth on it starts to glow... And then it takes off uh, like a ethereal energy. And then a large Luna moth starts flying up, flying up, and just kind of reverberating and, and, and casting out light in in waves trying to keep this thing at bay. Okay, go ahead and roll me a spellcasting check. Okie dokie. That is an 11 plus stuff. What is this stuff? I would say seven or eight off the top of my head. Yeah, I think so. I think, well, I think it's seven. So that's 18. 18. Nice. is a success. Nice. Uh, so as this thing is lumbering after you, it's still several blocks away at this point. This massive radiant white moth starts to like flutter in its face and it starts to stop for a moment to kind of bat it away, slowing its progress slightly. And that brings us to Arvid, who is holding the reins of the wagon. Okay, so Arvid is going to say, Captain, what's the plan? It's catching up. I'm sorry, was the giant moth not enough? Can any of you do the same? All right, thank you. And... Animal handling check to try to speed the steed. Absolutely a great choice. Ooh, I love it. That's a 12. A 12. All right. You can tell that the horse is more interested in putting up a fight than it is running away. <laughs> you are having to guide the Kamarian warhorse to retreat, which is something it's probably never had to do in its life. Uh, So you are currently struggling with the direction of the wagon and focusing all of your energy on keeping it going the right way. That is a failure for the group. Okay. That will bring us to Crist. Just buzzing away. Yeah, he's he's still excited. He's going to keep locking eyes with it, get that maniacal, gleeful smirk going on. He's going to open his mouth wide and then scream at the top of his lungs like a thousand dying banshees doing an intimidate check. Oh, like a thousand dying banshees doing an intimidate check. Yes, that's important. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as though a thousand banshees are all trying to intimidate somebody. Yeah, yes. very single-minded in their intent. That, that would be very intimidating. Yeah. A thousand banshees is yes, yes. I would love to see your intimidate check as you just let out all of your nasty, mean charisma. Please be good. Okay, that's gonna use a bit of luck. That was two. <laughs> that was a one. Ugh, juicy. <laughs> all right, so that was a two. That's two failures. <clears throat> Wait, do you do you use whatever? Do you use, it's not advantage, so you take the second roll because you're declaring a luck. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. It's not letting you choose from either. You're re-rolling and taking the place of the second one. Yikes. Oh, that's so much worse. So, as you stand up in the wagon, your hair blowing behind you as you turn to face this thing with all of your tenacity and essence, you let out this horrible, magical, empty scream, and it seems to clear cobwebs and blow dust off of nearby lampposts and walls. Moss actually like retracts into the walls. And as it impacts this thing, you see the starlights twinkling in its frame start to radiate and glow. And it just sort of absorbs it. And you're uncertain, but you would think it almost grew a few feet taller. <sighs> that brings us to Harithax. And that was two failures for the group. being oh. one, Which I like seeing happen in a skill challenge once in a while, personally. Mm-hmm. So because this thing is just pounding the pavement after us here and the horse isn't going very fast, Harthax doesn't think we're going to be able to hide from it because we've been target painted by these little beads. But I might be able to slow it down 
because we're on like a straight street and it's just charging after us, right? It's a it's a busy street for okay. all intents and purposes. So if I can if I can create some difficult terrain, it might slow it down. So I'm just going to summon a hunger of Hadar ball mm. in the like kind of in the air up off the ground, so it doesn't just consume everybody on the ground. That it'll that it'll <laughs> yeah, have to thoughtful. yeah that it'll that it'll have to try and stride through, and that might kind of pull at it and slow it down totally and mire it. Uh, I would like to see a spell casting check from you. I would like to make one. That's a natural one. Mm, this I, is hot and fresh. I would, in fact, like to use my crowd inspiration. Please do. To re-roll. <laughs> you can't do worse. You cannot do worse. No, it's, I, it's I, literally I, impossible to do any worse. I could roll another natural one, though. It does happen. It it's can. happened once on this show already, yeah. in fact. Uh, 20. Sam, would oh, no, yeah. you... <laughs> Are you serious? I was going to say, Sam, would you like to read that? across the table. Not only did the T20 dance all the way across the table in front of Sam, <laughs> but there it is, 20 side up. Oh, my God. Uh, that's that 20... has also happened on the show. It, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, 28. And I think a good use of my crowd inspiration. A perfect use. <laughs> to keep us alive. It's so good. So this creature ducks its head slightly as it passes under a massive bridge that connects upper tiers of tall buildings. And as it looms under it, just swatting this moth away from its face and absorbing the scream from Christ, uh, you see from the shadows of the windows and the cracks in the stone, hundreds of black tentacles start to just lash out in this almost perfect sphere of energy, clinging to its shoulder, and it catches its shoulder, and the building begins to crumble and topple. The windows are shattering. And you see it, like, struggling to rip pieces of itself out as they remain clinging to the side of this building. <gasps> Faster, Arvid, I can't hold it for very long. That brings us back to the top. You guys now have a clear view of the exit to the gate and a very long bridge in a main street ahead of you with people out in it. They are these undead that are milling about doing their regular business. But as they see the spirit walker, not just passively moving through the city, but actively pursuing something, they all begin to head towards nearby buildings and get out of its way. And it seems like all of the magic and the loud noises that are being brought into the city square has drawn the attention of more of the shrouded. And now the sky around you is starting to fill with these flying incorporeal soldiers that are now in pursuit of the wagon as well as the spirit walker. We are now again at Artyom. That is three successes and three failures for the group. I look around at the incoming jackasses and the big jackass who seems to be really intent on us. Do they not realize we are working for their establishment? This is ridiculous. Uh, quick, uh, let me just look around here. I'll kind of look at what's going on with the the beads mm -hmm. over our head. I'm going to use a perception check to see if it's something that we can get rid of, like a dispel. Okay. Um, that is a 21. 21. So just using your keen eye to investigate these things, you can tell they're giving off some sort of magical signal. Mm -hmm. And you think that is what it's triggering its attention. It could probably not even need to see you to know where you are. Perfect. Chris, Chris, mm -hmm. look at me. Look at me. Mm -hmm. You're hungry for magic, da? Yes. This. Focus on these things. Okay. Let her rip. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, and that will bring us to Arvid as another success helps the group along. Arvid, here's what's going on back there. So he knows that they're about to loose Christ on... The beads. The beads. The energy, whatever magical tether is connecting Sucks us to this. Sucks that thing. shit up. So Arvid, you know, he's kind of like, fuck this horse. He's 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 not, you know, he, his heart isn't in it. And I need him to, to give it a little more, you know? Mm -hmm. So Arvid pulls from his little secretive sack a potion, uh, pops the top, takes a sniff, and intends to try to force the Kamarian warhorse to drink this potion, which is a potion of haste. But before he does, he just uh, a tiny, the tiniest little taste, just because you know he remembers that that um, that first potion, and it's like, uh... yeah. As soon as you get a whiff of this thing, you just like instinctively take a little little quaff, and <laughs> feels real good going down your throat. Not enough to activate the magic, but what I need from Arvid is an athletics check to get from the driver's seat and leap onto the saddle of the warhorse. All it did is give you like ten extra BPMs on your heart, just like mm, okay. As, a couple flutters, like a murmur. It's like drinking like four fucking espressos at once. And you're just like, mm. As Arvid takes his deep whiff and then kind of tastes it and just kind of... Arvid X is like, Arvid, this is not the time! <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 17, so that's a 23. Wow. Nice. So... Not only is it a success for the group, but you can tell that this horse isn't super keen on pulling a wagon. It's very good at it because it's strong and large and fairly well trained, unless there's a fight happening. But you can tell as soon as your butt hits saddle, 
and it has a rider on its back, it immediately like snaps back to attention and you wrap your huge arm around and just in three like glugs, pour this potion down its massive horse mouth. And the wagon just takes off. Like the back wheels leave the ground for a moment. <laughs> and you well, are now. <laughs> well, them Duke boys are at it again. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, them Don boys are at it again. Yeah. Yes. And with one hand, you grab the horn of the saddle as hard as you can to not get blown off as this horse is now in charge mode. And it knows its enemy is dead ahead and not behind. So a fantastically cinematic success for the group. Perfect. And that brings us to Christ. Christ hears basically eat magic mm-hmm. uh and to do this obviously he's casting dispel magic but in a way he's looking right at artium right at the bead and him and he can see the um aura of the illusion mm-hmm. he takes his claw and goes for a top-down swipe mm. on artium and if this works it actually goes through reality itself to kind of Oh, cool. Claw away all of the magics. I would love an arcana check. Too bad. You're getting a animal handling. <laughs> that is a 19. Hey, that's good. All right. So you reach out with the hungry crystal in the palm of your hand as the long blades of your crystalline claw just slice through the air. And for a moment, it looks like you're about to just rip Artyom's face off. <laughs> but you snatch this red bead out of the air and your claw actually passes through Artyom's head. And as you open your hand and see the red bead start to suck into the gem, three more get pulled off of your heads. And you actually feel like a tangible yank as this magic is disconnected from your essence and sucks into the palm of Chris's hand before it snuffs out in a little pink flame. Mm. And for a moment, there's a pause as all of the spectral figures slow down and their eyes all turn to face you and they're charging forward with slightly less direction and the spirit walker slows and seems to be getting a bearing for where it is and it starts lumbering forward in more of a confused fashion pursuing you but with less guidance i guarantee there was a moment where artem's like is he seriously gonna cut my fucking ah that tracks (laughs) (laughs) had to happen sometime It's like, oh, no, it worked. I like that Chris didn't know it would work, but it came out just fine. So 50-50 here. At last, I am proud of you for this. <laughs> and that makes it Harithax's turn. The gate is getting closer. The wagon is now entering the rickety bridge, and you are at top speed as the hasted warhorse is pulling you very fast. As the wagon is, like, like bucking and this horse is, like, just tearing us across the pavement, Harithax is going to kind of look around at the spirits and lean forward and whisper to Artyom, I think the spirit walker will probably go for the other marked targets back at the graveyard. These specters are a bigger problem. They've seen us and they're intelligent enough to know. It might be the time to let the sun loose. And I'm going to use my warlock abilities to just start drawing light away and into myself to just make it super, super dark around us so mm. that on Artyom's turn, he can just blast out just like a solar flare of turn undead. Ooh. So I want to use... um probably my my one with shadows ability or my my devil's uh, mm-hmm. not my devil's sight my um my shadow armor yeah and just just start pulling focusing all of the light for rtm to just blow it off so what kind of skill would you like to use for that could i use it as performance because i'm setting him up for yeah an i like that this is very much a, a ritual pageantry that you are enacting with your shadow magic okay uh so that's what i'm gonna do i don't have any inspirations to use so let's hope 10 plus 4 14 it's not quite enough, unfortunately. Ah, oh, no. And as you draw all the shadows in the area slightly closer to you, you can see all of the wraiths surrounding the wagon start to get pulled in with them. You are now tractor beaming several of the nearby undead shadows towards you. <laughs> so now the incorporeal soldiers floating through the air are getting ever closer. They're now within arm's reach of the wagon, and the gate is still slightly away from you. What does RTM do? Come on, boys. Little closer. Little closer. No. And then I'm going to go ahead and release, not a Radiance of Dawn like I usually do, but a full-on Destroy Undead. Mm. Spellcasting? Sure. Nope. Oh, wait. I have the reroll. I have a reroll. Uh-huh. Nice, you uh, do. You have your inspiration. Nope. Oh. Uh, 15? 15 is the DC. Oh, shit. Nice. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So for a moment, you try to reach Bren's light 
find your connection with your God. And it's still, this place is so dark. The sun is so far gone. You don't feel that connection, but quietly in the back of your head, you can hear the crowd cheering, Volkov, Volkov, Volkov. You remember what it's like to be standing in the stage with the sun basking down on top of you. And there you find the energy. And with a cacophonous wave, like a force shock wave coming out around Artyom and the wagon, you see several of the uh, wraiths get shoved to all directions, and some of them just explode into dust <laughs> in the air. And you see the ribbons of their ectoplasmic energy just drifting down into the toxic river behind you. And you see what looks like one of the large metallic guards turn with his halberd to face the approaching wagon as it just leaps between the two of them before their weapons clash together and the Mortal Dawn exit Andario at top speed. There's a burst of energy that catches you all off guard as you pass through the green sacred barrier. You are once again now out in the harsh wilderness of Camaris and not the conflicting but safe energy of the capital city. Your illusions are still standing. The tops of them seem to be slightly messed with. And the wagon comes to a lurching stop as it does the Akira sideways turn. <laughs> yeah. And there behind you, you see against the green dome of energy that surrounds Andariel, this massive towering black energy figure pounding its fists against the green wall of fire, leaving reverberations of energy, but it seems to be unable to pass through that threshold. Ooh. That was a little close for comfort. I really needed to do that. Oh, that we, feels so much better. What? Do do what? What? Uh, the undead, I just can't, I can't, I can't do it. Uh, what? I had to do something to them. Harithax is going to grab Crist and look at his eyes and snap their fingers a couple of times and be like, "What? Yeah, yeah, yes." What's the last thing you remember? Um, uh, there was the the suits of armor. Uh, weren't, weren't we just in the temple? Uh, something? What? You mean graveyard? Yeah, that thing. Oh. How did we get out here? You got weird. Now what, we're here. What do you mean weird? I'm always weird. I clink my claw against the crystal in Christ's chest, and I say, be mindful of how much control you give it. And then I just turn to face the front of the wagon again. So the last thing that the execration told you was that the humans, the mortals that had taken the remains went to the Helderons. And you were shown that by Jacques Phillips. And you see to the north, one of the most obvious landmasses in all of Camaris is a very tall, jagged volcanic mountain range that just seems to be constantly crying these rivers of magma into lakes below it. Those are the Helderons. So you mean to tell me we're supposed to go into the, the lava thing over there? I'm what? a little bit more concerned about the intervening space without our friend. Oh. Oh. Hey, Arvid. <clears throat> yes. You've got the pretty good eye for, um, you know, nature. I suppose you could say so. I think it might be best if you lead us on this one. <clears throat> Do we have to be dead? I'd prefer if we weren't, but, you know. <laughs> okay. I just don't want to scare like the squirrels, you know. <laughs> I think if we turn this off, it's gone forever. I, I kind of gesture to the horse, and then I say, if this is what Camarian wildlife looks like, I think it's more likely that the squirrels will scare us. <laughs> <laughs> and as you look to the warhorse, you can see like it has like just a froth of foam on its lips, and it looks exhausted. The haste potion has worn off, and therefore it has a period of lethargy before it recovers. Okay. It can still pull the wagon, but it's not going to be doing any Dukes of Hazard shit anytime soon. <laughs> Great, so now we have a strung out horse, and we have to climb a volcano in the hellscape. This is fantastic. Uh, well, should we find a place to leave him? I mean, huh? somehow I don't think leaving a very expensive carriage and horse behind is a good idea. Mm. Take him as far as we can. Agreed. Okay. Slow pace, though. So the Mortal Dawn sets out towards the Helderons. The good news is it's not terribly far, and it does remain in sight. You think you can make it there by the end of the day. So I'm going to have Arvid do me a survival check to try to guide the group through the things you've learned while traveling through Kamaris. Can I use a perception check to scout for them? Sure, yeah. I would like to also inspire by just having, you know, a wagon song. <laughs> okay. If possible, I'd like to take a short rest in the wagon as we travel. That's all great stuff. 
24. 24, good to know. 23. All right, so you both did very well. Arvid is using most of their attention to find a safe passage for the wagon to go through. You do a little bit of circumnavigating around some paths because you see off in the distance more of these huge purple wyverns hunting in the clouds. You steer clear of those, and at first it seems difficult to find a path into the Helderons because of these rivers of lava that are in the distance. But with Archium's help, you do spy out a couple of passageways that you think are wide enough to pass the entire wagon through. And hopefully avoid some well-known risks. Okay. So on the way, um, before I take my short rest, I'm going to cast Prayer of Healing and restore hit points to all of the party members. I think I can target six creatures, mm-hmm. but I think only Christ and Harathax took any damage. Mm. Uh, I rolled really shit. I rolled one, two, three, three nice. on 48 I'm plus four. You. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, 13 mm. hit yeah. points back. If all I get right. My math right. Yeah. Whew. I was feeling some indigestion, but that is gone now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm still, even after that, I'm still down some. So I'm going to spend one hit die uh, okay. as well for healing. Right. So you don't help with the navigating at all. You're just resting in the wagon. The yeah, I was I was just mm-hmm. I cast prayer of healing and then rested the rest of the time. So that's a six plus two is eight and I'm only down five. So I'm back to temporary full. Awesome. So the group makes very good progress entering this very harsh climate. You find passage up the mountain and you start to find switchbacks leading around these rivers of lava. They start to get very wide. Some of them are almost lakes to the sides of you. The speed of the wagon is beginning to slow. You've made it about halfway up the summit of this mountain. And there in the distance near the peak, you can see what looks like the ruins of an old church. They are being surrounded by channels of lava that seem to completely avoid touching it. And for some reason, though it's near the top of this volcano, it looks very well maintained. The strange light that passes through the Everstorm seems to almost shine down on top of it. You do see the drag marks starting to form on some of the paths of what looks like a heavy load of some kind on wheels was being transported here pretty recently, heading towards this church. So as the group looks up at this church, balanced almost on the lip of this volcano, you question how this kind of architecture could have survived for all this time in such an impossible location in this unforgiving landscape. And then a sound gurgles up from the lava lakes around you. And as you look to see where the source is, you see the lava rising up into the shape of a large red reptilian head, followed by another and another, and then the pyrohydra emerges. (gasps) That's so cool. Yikes. I missed you, chair. I'm never going to leave you again. Is that a goddamn pyrohydra? It looks to be so, Storm. The Mortal Dawn have made their great escape from their ghostly pursuers and have tread into the deadly volcanic Helderons. But they didn't get far before this primordial inhabitant of the Lava Lakes declared the MDs a potential delicious morsel. These kids better make tracks before that spicy bastard drags them back home like fresh takeout. They might have a chance on land, but if they get in that molten mush, it's all over. Lava can kill you more ways than you think, Kip. You mean besides just burning you to death and melting your flesh? Yeah, sure, that's almost a direct route, but even if you pop on a ring or convince your gods to give you a break on thermodynamics for the day, you could still end up horking up a lung on the fumes alone. But even still, I've seen more than one kitted out killer forget lava's a heavy, viscous liquid, and the dandiest hand accessory in the world won't be worth a copper if your lungs are full of boiling rocks. Interesting. Not to mention the beast itself. Those teeth look deadly, and the towering foe seems hungry for flesh. Hydras fight dirty but they're surprisingly dumb for a creature with half a dozen brains. Space out enough and they can't chomp you all at once. The Donna duked it out with some mean beasts before, but this is some next level opposition, Kip. Time to see what they're really made of. Show us what you're worth, kids. And speaking of worth, the LUQ is made possible by sponsors like the following. We'll return after these messages to bring you back to the heat of the battle. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Fuzzlebum Dinkelschnutz with the Druidic Order of the Enchanted Circle. For 10,000 years, the Enchanted Circle has guarded the ancient interplanar forest of Everdue, where no non-Druid has ever set foot. An endless vigil to protect the fragile, breathtaking majesty and ward off intersection with the material plane that would bring the eons old glades and eternally preserved meadows to the crushing erosion of time. But nuts to that! Starting dawn of the first Mother Moon, we're opening our figurative doors to commerce! Come on down, one and all. For only 50 units of gold metal currency, you too can drink deep of our healing brooks whose babbling condors have never once been sullied by the flesh of the impure. 
and your spawn are half price. You heard me right. Unclean invaders will no longer have their spiritual essence transmogrified into an ancient oak with a screaming face to stand sentinel for all eternity as a grim warning to would-be intruders. Instead, enjoy some handcrafted artisanal hummus. So come on down to Fuzzlebum's Enchanted Circle, where the only thing standing between you and legalized desecration of perfection is money. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, all you cuties. Law here, thanking you so much for listening and just being amazed at how awesome our fans are. This is a weird time in everyone's lives, and knowing that you use some of your time to enjoy the show that we love putting our hearts into, well, it really means a lot to me. It means a lot to all of us. And remember, it's never too late to start recommending the show to your friends, or secretly piping it into their bedrooms at night, as long as you keep your distance. A huge thank you to all of our Patreon members, especially the legendary Patreon team, made of donors who give $25 a month or more. Our patrons are the entirety of the Slapdash income, and we want you all to know how much we adore you. These teams are the Moonlight Veil, the Cultured Cutthroats, and this week's featured team, the Tavern Brawlers, which is made up of Dave Mladenoff and Daniel Pickens-Jones. Something to think about while listening to this chapter that we had a lot of fun making is that uh, we recorded this at the beginning of March, before businesses began closing and before stay-at-home orders were given, and we really didn't have any idea what the next few months would have in store for us. We still have a few backlog to keep a few more weeks of episodes coming, but with Sam out of the country and some of those borders being very hard to cross and the team being separated and staying safe, we don't know what might happen for some of the future weeks. We'll either have to do something different and possibly quite challenging, or there may be weeks without an episode, which we feel really bad about and we know how much it sucks, but uh, we've been very, very good since we started putting out episodes to not miss a single Monday, and it's kind of a big deal, but... I think we can all respect the circumstances that everyone faces right now and that our priorities need to be in order. Either way, thank you so much again for listening and having us in your house, having us in your headphones, having us in your car stereo. And don't forget to visit slapdashstudios.com for links to everything, Patreon, t-shirts, social media, photo galleries, team and player bios. Just spend some time there, have a little fun, show your pals. Uh, But for now, let's get back to the action. Good evening, I'm Winston Faye III. Welcome to Mackinac News 5, your top source for up-to-date coverage of the Five Kingdoms. Tonight I'm sitting down with Amakin van der Bask, second white chair of the Andesian Three Hands Council, to discuss the results of a recent shift in power. Welcome, Councilman. It's a pleasure to be here, Winston. Now, the capital city of Andesine is governed by a majorocracy. Can you explain the details of that to our viewers? Well, it's like having three kings, only they're wizards. Kingdoms don't typically have three kings, do they? Well, aye, that's why we have wizards. And which of these three wizards is in charge? Well, they're all in charge. That's why they're like kings. So these three wizards make decisions for the well-being of the kingdom, or wizardom, as the case may be. Well, truth be told, they don't really get their hands dirty. The council does most of the work. The council? Yes, the council of the three hands. Twelve officials from each of the three towers of magic unite to discuss current events, update city and kingdom policies, and decide on the outcomes of new laws and legislation by vote. So the kingdom, which is more of a wizardom, is governed by three wizards who are more like kings, who aren't quite like kings because a council of 36 wizards do most of the job. So not so much of a monarchy or triarchy as the case may be, and in fact certainly is, but more of a sex tragentocracy, or forgive me for overcomplicating what is most certainly a very simple and efficient system, a republic. No, 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 no. Well, a bit. Best not at the three wizards here you say that. Yes, I see. But the recent ascension of the Black Tower to, quote, head of council suggests a ruling chair, skewing the balance of power in their favour. Care to comment? Well, it's not really a promotion or anything. It just means they run the meetings, take more notes, more work for them. And this ascension is sure to last for some time. Not far from it. Changes all the time. Which? The power dynamic. In what way? In that it can be different today than it will be tomorrow. And how often does that happen? Oh, drop of the hat, shift of the wind. That sounds quite disorganized. Oh, it's a mess for sure, that's why we put wizards in charge. And what would it mean to the government of Andesign if there were no wizards to run it? No wizards on Andesign? Hypothetically. But it's a majocracy. Hypothetically. Hypothetically? Hypothetically, a massive all-knowing entity of bone and flame could rise from the depths and seize control of the whole kingdom. Wizardom. Shall I postulate on that as well? No wizards in Andesign. What a nonsense. Is there? Is there what? An omniscient horror of bone and flame waiting to take over Dania. Well, if there is, I can tell you now, it's a good thing we've got three wizards to sort that business out. 
Well, that's all the time we have for this evening. Special thanks to our guest, Hamikin Vanderbask. This has been Winston Bay Vanderfurth III. Join us tonight for more Mackinac News 5. Five Kingdoms, One Story. Five menacing heads of the pyrohydra emerge from the lava and look down at the mortal dawn in their wagon. We've rolled initiative and the pyrohydra goes first. It's going to pull its body out of this pool and quickly approach the wagon. Now, this thing currently has five heads. We will keep track of that. I've kind of explained how the head mechanics work and it has a very long reach. So it is technically adjacent to all of you as far as its melee attacks. Okay. Uh, can we counterattack it too, or do we have to move up into our melee range with it? I'll say that if you got attacked on the same turn, you can use your attack against the head that attacked you. Okay. That seems fair. Fair. And there's a little complication around the base because its heads are so big, but it does get five bites and it's going to take them and it can reach all of you. So it's going to use its first bite attack against, we'll just go around the table, against, <laughs> against Arvid. You're all getting at least one. <laughs> The fifth one could be the horse. That's a crit off the first attack. <gasps> oh, boy. Oh. I'm Arvid, and I'm in pain. <laughs> uh, Arvid hurt. <laughs> uh, you take 11 piercing damage and two fire damage as it's just smoldering hot teeth. Like, its saliva is actually magma as it bites into you. How big are its heads? The one that's biting you, being very similar to the others, is as large as your entire torso. Oh my gosh. Wait, so is his chomp like right around, like is my head in his mouth? Like what just Your shoulder and chest have Ah! all been toothed by this massive. (laughs) In toothed. In toothed. Betoothed. (laughs) This one's coming in at Harithax. All right. Rip Rooney, everyone. Another critical. Also, I did not deal you crit damage. I apologize, Arvid. So I only did normal damage on that. Wait, what was it? I'll tell you right now. (laughs) Max? (laughs) Fuck. So a total of 24 damage. Oh, I'm glad I uh, kept those barbarian levels. These yep, yep, these yep. fights have been soft for a while, and this one's coming out the gate hot and hard. <laughs> Wait, sorry, 20 what? 20 24. Four. Yikes. If oh, anyone has fire resistance, let me know. Otherwise, I'll give you the full damage. I um, do not. No. So I this is the crit can. damage on Haru. Lay it on me. Uh, 17. Not nearly as good. Mm. I mean... It's still not feeling It's got great. a good strength mod. Yeah. This one's coming in at Chris. Oh, God, I could die. Is this going to be another crit? Because that'd be fucking oh, crazy. Please, no. You can absorb elements, though. No. But it is a 17. Uh, I have to shield that. All right. That's another first level spell slot. But a one well spent. So this one clamps down, and instead of connecting with you, it connects with this magical barrier you created. You can see lava like dripping against the outer wall of this shield you oh. manifest. It's going to use another attack on Chris to try to break through that barrier because it has one bonus on top Aww. of attacking all of the mortal done. Warding clear. Oh, cool. You can do that to other people. I can do that to other people now. So the second attack coming at you is at disadvantage. Okay. So it backs off from the the barrier that it could not bite through. Another head comes in hard and a flare of light just comes from Artyom's direction and kind of blinds it. <laughs> ah! Uh, that is 19. <sighs> um, wow, even with disadvantage? It's, you still have your shield AC. It lasts for the turn. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it... it meets it at 19. Uh, I don't have shard hide on. You do get a chomp. Damn it. One chomp. You take a sweet total of 15 damage. Uh, And the last bite is coming in at Artyom. Hey, warding flare. You only get one per turn. Oh, right, right. It's a reaction. Sorry, sorry. That's cool. I'm glad you're remembering it. That shit's tight. But using it on Crest is probably a better team play. I don't think a 16 hits. Uh, not with my shield. Well, even with that, even with my shield gone, it doesn't hit. Okay. So you manage to duck low as these teeth snap over your head. Now, at the end of the turn, I need everyone to roll me a constitution saving throw. Because oh, you're all within 15 feet of the pyrohydra. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, that's a nice fat 22. Ooh. <laughs> uh, 18. Okay, that's good. It's not bad. 14? You made it. Okay. Total of 20, so I'm good. Wow, you all made it. So you take half damage. Uh, instead oh. of instead of your normal uh, fear aura that the Hydra has, this one has a flame aura. You all take four fire damage from the fire aura, having oh major con saves. I'm dying. <laughs> like you're at zero dying, or you're just losing health very rapidly and I, you're frightened? I, you know what? How much health I have now? I'm at 19. 
I mean, you're great. You're fine. You're still in double digits, my dude. Barely. <laughs> so that is a very fantastic first turn for the Pyrohydra. And, and since each of you got attacked with a bite, if you want to use a melee attack, you can. Oh. This just kicked off. Wanting to come back at this thing with such rage and fervor, he remembers Harothex tapping the crystal, saying, don't let it control you. Mm-hmm. So instead, he's going to amp up his energy a bit more and fill the area with a little bit of music and cast heroism at a fourth level spell. Ooh. And the song seems to be hitting Artyom very acutely. And with that, Artyom is also inspired. Awesome. Always casting bangers, you. <laughs> there is a sense of fear that you have all been feeling facing this towering, horrible monster. And as the heroism washes over you, any sense of fear is washed away. You are now immune to such things. And you also regain four hit points at the top, or five, for your charisma mod. At the beginning of each of your turns, you just gain five temporary hit points. They don't stack. They just stay at five if you were if they were depleted during your turn. Very good. And that makes it Harithax's turn. Having been depleted from giving up the anima and then taken a, a, a big old bite right there and then the fire aura that we're all standing into harithax is going to cast vampiric touch and throw myself at this thing <laughs> oh, oh baby so uh the shadows just kind of coalesce around harithax's hands and face and i just lunge at this thing with can i vampiric bite yeah please i'd, I'd love it if you did all right i do that Ooh, that's gonna miss that's uh 11 that does miss. Yeah. And it's going to use its reaction to bite you. Because it attacked you once this turn, it can use its reaction to make a chomp. And it gets a number of reactions each turn equal to the number of heads it has. Are you Great. Serious? What? Oh, yeah. Hydras are terrible. And it deals you 13 damage with its bite. Okay. Um, so I lose my four temporary hit points from the heroism spell. And then I have to make a concentration check. I rolled uh, with advantage because of my warcaster ability. 19 plus 2 is 21. Should be just fine. So I've got uh, 10 rounds total of Vampiric Touch minus this one. So nine left. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hang on to the spell. Nice. That brings us to Artyom Volkov. Hey, so I was the only one who managed to not get bitten on that first turn. So I'm going to turn the dive that he uses to get out of the way into Mm -hmm. a roll, Mm -hmm. come up onto a knee, shoot my crossbow. The bolt gleams as it flies through the air, releasing a chakram which is the form of my spiritual weapon. Mm -hmm. Let's see if the shot hits. That sounds like a good start. 16. That hits. Nice. And that's just a 1d6 plus 1 damage. No, pink brick. Yes. Plus 4. And your call, would you like to, for the first time, enact the chronometer? Um, I think I would. And if I remember correctly, that effectively treats it like a critical. Uh, Yeah, you basically would just deal another d6 without the modifier. Right, okay. So that means I deal 2d6. That's a cocktail. 4 plus 5. Nice. Plus 4. 13 damage. That's pretty good for a hand crossbow. Damn fucking right. That's basically a great sword that you shoot out. Jeez. (laughs) And then the chakram kind of just flies out of it a second it impacts. Almost like as the bolt collides, there's a shockwave of light that turns Mm. into the chakram on its own head and then spins and dives down into it. What level uh, spiritual weapon would you like to summon? I'm going to go ahead and cast that at a full level 4. Ooh. All right, this flaming sphere will represent the sun chakram. I like it. So at level four, hot damn on that motherfucker. So that's 3d8 damage from being that high. Yeah, and you get to use your spell attack bonus to strike immediately with the spiritual weapon. Yes, indeed. Which is another 16. That hits. Hey, let me just fish out my d8s. And it's going to be the 3d8 uh, plus your wisdom modifier. Thank you. Whoop its ass. That is a 12 plus four. Fuck its ass. Whoop its heads. <laughs> 12 plus 4, 16. That is a total of 29 damage this turn. Nice. Yowza. Yeah. Very nice. nice. So the head that recoils having missed Artyom, a crossbow bolt strikes it not once. It's almost like time rewinds for a second and it hits the exact same spot again. <laughs> That's so good. And as it explodes in a shockram of light, the shockram appears from inside of the neck where the bolt hit and explodes outward, taking one of the heads off of the hydra. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, shit. And dropping it down to the hissing, sizzling magma hot ground. Oh, that's so good. So we are now down one head on the pyrohydra. That makes it Arvid's turn. Real quick, would it take one action to unhitch the horse properly? Uh, you're trying to disconnect the horse. Tell you what, if, if you roll me an animal handling check that is good, I'll let you do it as your move action to, okay. to disengage the horse harness. Okay. 
Did I regain my inspiration on my wrist? Mm -hmm. So I could use that if I fail. Mm -hmm. It's not great. <laughs> so I can use inspiration, you said? You have it. Everyone started this adventure with one again. Well, that's a critical failure. Oh, <laughs> shit. But well, you have advantage, so it's fine. You just took the lower... The... Seven. Uh, but the seven plus five. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that's not terrible. No, not at all. Um, you definitely do detach the horse from the wagon. It does, in fact, take your action. Okay. But as a bonus action, I think I should rage. Do I not have movement or action? You have movement left and a bonus action. All right. Show us what you can do. And smacks him on the ass. Ooh. Well, the good news is the horse will take its turn right now because it's being controlled by Arvid. And it'll just run up and attack this fucking Hydra because why not? I want to see what this horse can do. <laughs> Hopefully I... he hits a little bit more frequently than Morty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it has multi-attack. What? So it gets to basically... I'll just describe it. So the Kamarian war horse, like, you almost finish untethering it, and then some of the ropes just snap as it charges headfirst at this hydra, fearlessly, its hooves, like, hissing against the hot magma underneath. And before it gets to it, it wheels around quickly, and with its hind legs, kicks out with its massive haunches. <laughs> and fumbles. Oh, no! Are you serious? <laughs> I'm imagining He's horse poor. ragdoll like end over end into the lava. <laughs> and the horse never came back again. It's a freaking Bethesda glitch where it just like spins in on itself and just explodes. So, so Helicopters good. Helicopters into the air. Yeah. Forgotten forever. A little rusty, eh? So as it kicks out, it seems like one of its hooves hit a particularly like hot patch, almost like this boil of magma that's growing on the side of the Hydra, and its leg gets covered in this just hissing <gasps> molten liquid, oh. taking some serious fire damage and hurting its leg quite a bit. And in rage, it whips around and with its tusks, just bites into the head. <laughs> now that's a hit. And its bite damage is not bad. I like the idea that it kicks open a, a chunk of flesh, gets covered in lava, and he's like, I need a bite of this shit. <laughs> right. A spicy. <laughs> and he chomps down on a nearby neck for a nice solid eight damage. Mm. And I'll write down the damage he took. Sweet. Uh, and you are now in a rage where at this point is basically a good defensive maneuver. <laughs> so that will bring us back to the top, which is the Hydra. So it's just going to make one bite at each of you because it has four heads and that's really easy to divide. I'm going to go around the table in the same order. Arvid, I cocked it somehow. Fantastic. Coming at you with a total of 20. Oh, that hits. All right. I saw that die though. It landed on one side and then it flopped to the other side. It's possessed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you take 12 damage. Uh, actually, part of that's fire damage. So I forgot you're in rage. So you take seven damage. Okay. And the next one coming in at Haru with a quick razor sharp red hot bite. That is a 28. To yeah, hit. I was going to say, un unlikely it's going to miss me. Whew. That is a very fresh nine points of damage. All right. I'll take that. This one's coming in at Crist. The shield from last turn is gone. Mm -hmm. Coming at you with a 23. Morning flare. Sure. Absolutely. Protect the squishies at all cost. Uh, that's still a hit. Jesus. Wait, what is it? What's the number? Uh, that is a 24. I'm going to use some luck. Okay. That is a 21. Oh my, okay, fine. It you, went down. You hit me. <laughs> you made it roll lower. <clears throat> Jerk face. Cock the D10, how? Uh, please. Uh, Twice. Okay. Twice. I'll just count it as a one. It's pretty much there. Uh, so that's 10 damage. All fire? Four damage of fire, six damage of biting. Uh, and then there's going to be more fire damage later. Okay. All right. Down to nine. And a regular chomp at Artyom. And once again, it misses Artyom. I cannot seem to hit you. I've got a pretty beefy fucking AC for a cleric. It's not bad at all. For record keeping, um, I took damage and did a concentration check. I got a natural 20. Thanks. So I Thank still have for letting you know. Now at the end of the turn, everyone, a real quick con save to see if you take aura damage full or half. 14? That's enough. Hey. Nine. Six. Maximum. Ma so natural 20. 25. <laughs> A rarely used term in dice rolling. Um, <laughs> so you two take two fire damage because I rolled snake eyes on my fucking oh, fire shit. aura. Okay. So I only take one? You take one. Do shit. I only take one? Yep. Oh, it's fire damage. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Yep. Two. 
11 on my concentration check that time with advantage. Yes. How many times does concentration check happen? When you take a spell, when you take a hit and you're holding a concentration spell. Balls. Uh, so it's plus what? what Constitution save. No, no, no. My, for the concentration check. The DC is 10. Okay. So 13 for mm-hmm. that first hit when I got bit. And this is for the spell. This is for the spell now. Uh, I just don't remember what spell you have up. Heroism. Heroism. Thank you. Duh. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So that's an eight on the die. I'm pretty sure that works. I pass it. Is your con bonus two? No, I have no con bonus. So what can I do? Can I I, have any luck left? I have one point of luck left. You're welcome to use it. I I have no ability to stop you. Yep. That (laughs) definitely passes. Thank you. Heroism remains, which brings it to Chris's turn. I need that extra four because I have seven health. Chris takes a second to attune to the area. Here's this discordant sound of the lava flowing slosh of it all and he's in tune with it and with that he's going to reverberate and then unleash a shatter very good so we're going to make a constitution saving throw yes and i'm going to do it at fourth level fourth level i got a bup kiss one on the die no fucking way okay cool um so then that is a 4d8 plus two from the ring because i can just buff thing by two damage without taking damage Mm -hmm. and then uh, another four from my reverberation correct you cast it at fourth level you said i did cast it at fourth level i think it does more damage than yeah yeah i think you're at 5d8 right now all right real quick that's a d10 oh thank you all right yay that didn't count (laughs) (laughs) thank you uh that is a two and a seven and a one, and a four. So and, 14 plus one more D8. Okay. And a six. 20. Plus, plus two, plus four. All right. So 26 damage from the shatter. Thank you. All right. I'm going to add some math real quick. I hope I just blow one of the heads off. Uh, so as the head that came down and snapped at you... Uh, just takes another chunk of your flesh out and leaves behind a burning wound. You place your hands on the side of it and focus all of your sonic energy through the hydra and the head and neck just explodes outward. <laughs> and there's just like this humming bloody mist in the air surrounding Chris. Uh, humming bloody mist. Uh, I love it. And it just feels so delicious. Yikes. And we're down to three heads on the pyrohydra. All right. Ooh. And we take it to Harathax. All right, on my turn, I am going to... This thing seems pretty meaty, so it's probably good at constitution saves. I'm just going to take another swipe with Vampiric Touch. Great. I could use the health if I can hit it. Uh, 19. That hits. There we go. Uh, And because I'm a warlock, this is automatically cast at fourth level, which is 4d8. Nope, 6. 4d6. Well, butts. 6, 1, 1, 1. Oh, man. On 4d6. Damn. Yep. Uh, That sounds like nine to me. Nine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it takes nine points of necrotic damage. All right. I heal for half of that, which is four. Mm -hmm. Cool. And you see, like, as the gross alien hand touches it, like, veins of black necrotic energy fill through the center of the Hydra's body. And one of the heads starts to, like, limply weaken as your necrotic force washes through it, but it remains angry and hungry, and it does not get destroyed. As a bonus action, I'll shillelagh my staff for no reason. (laughs) It looks cool. Yeah. All right. Next in the initiative is Artyom. Well, since we're rocking that good style energy, I'm going to go ahead and have my bonus action be to take the chakram, and I want to have it kind of guide almost like a target Mm. onto like one of the heads, slam in, and then I'm going to follow it up with a guiding bolt cast at third level. Ooh, cool. Beautiful. I can almost see the chakram like corralling the head like a like a collar, like pulling it in place. Exactly. Very cool. So the attack misses oh. with a big fat 11. Um, Did you oh, use 12. my inspiration? Oh, shit. Yes. I'm going to do that. 16? That hits. Hey. Yay. Nice. So I'm going to go ahead and deal that 3d8. Mm-hmm. I love spiritual weapon. Oh, 775. Whoa. Oh, that's a 19 plus 4. So that's 23. Okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and come at it with the guiding bolt. Love it. That makes up for my terrible 4d6 roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a 16 plus 7. 
16 plus seven hits. That's Absolutely. so good. And that is two levels above the above, above the normal. So 66. So 66. Radiant. Beautiful. Uh, that is 11. And then another 663. Uh, 26 damage on that. Mm. So that should be a total of about 49 damage. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, and also it now has, uh, you have an advantage to attack it. Yeah. <laughs> the next person to strike it gains advantage. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So because it had taken a good chunk of damage from the vampiric touch and a little spillover from the shatter. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that's backwards. I think it took damage from the shatter and a little spillover from my, <laughs> from my nine damage vampiric touch. Fair enough. <laughs> well, with the combined damages from the remnant shatter and the vampiric touch, one of the teeth starts to like sink into the spiritual weapon, trying to pull it off of the other neck. And as it's like slicing and lacerating the first one's neck, you catch both of them in the blast of your guiding <laughs> oh. bolt. And there's just two smoking stumps. And then the <laughs> chakram floats up triumphantly. Huh. Yeah. It's good to know that even without fire, I'm a dangerous motherfucker. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Radiant and spiritual weapon shit does not fuck around. I'm pretty sure it was a vampiric caress. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a vampiric boop. (laughs) The most gentle of vampiric boopings. (laughs) Like you cut its fingernails a little too long. (laughs) A little too too short. (laughs) But that does make it Arvid's turn. Uh, You do have advantage on your first attack because of the guiding bolt. So good because I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to reckless attack. It's fine. He already, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm going to reckless attack. And Mm -hmm. now I don't have to. So that's really great. Thank you. Mm. Um, Arvid will do an all out attack though. Uh, He is raging. That is true. So on Arvid's turn, he's going to uh, pull out his brilliant axe parody, which has its light and dark sides. Mm-hmm. He's going to swing down with the radiant energy side uh, upon the nearest head. And fantastic. N- not. Oh, advantage. advantage. <laughs> 21 for that one. Oh, very hits. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Mm-hmm. 15 also hits. Yay! That is the the Hydra's AC. (laughs) Perfect. Let's see some damage. Each one is a D10 plus a D4 and your rage bonus. Nice. 12 total? Yeah. Yeah. And the second attack? That's a 2 and a 7 with a plus 6. So a 15. Mm. So one hit for 12 and one hit for 15. God damn. Can can he do his headbutt just like straight into its head like skull against skull? (laughs) Oh, yes. Please. I've been waiting for you to drop that headbutt at the end of your two attacks. (laughs) It's a bonus action, so you can totally do it. Anytime. Woo! But only when Arvid's feeling it, you know? Right. When he's got that headbutt energy. (laughs) You know, sometimes you you look lovingly into someone's eye and you're just like... Oh man, I want a headbutt. I just want to get. I, was... I just want to throw my face at them. I love them so much. Oh. You ever get that? You ever get that? Sometimes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone gets that. Yeah. <laughs> that noise. I'm getting it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, I didn't even roll the hit. <laughs> Please do that first. You, you got this. This is a silly turn. So that's uh, 15 plus five. So that's a total of 20. So that does hit. Yes, nice. sir. Blow it up. Said four plus five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because you're raging. Nine total. And another nine damage from the headbutt. The good news is if it was down to, if it had multiple heads, you would have destroyed another one. But now you're just down to its core HP. It's, it still has one head left. Oh. But you dealt it a mighty blow on that turn. Wait, wait. So did did everyone smash up heads and then and then Arvid went in and just headbutted the last head? <laughs> right. Basically, the, I, once yeah. the last head is gone, that's just it dying. Yeah. So it has HP left. That's exciting. Ah. But the good news is you set your horse free on the last turn and it still goes on your turn. <gasps> if a horse fucking oh kills God. this hydra. Yes. Oh Looking at the numbers, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. You got this. Come on, death pony. <laughs> that's two hits. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's 22 and 21. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah horse has a good bonus to hit. It wants and its hooves actually deal a lot. Not going to lie. Good fucking roll. <laughs> it is. And then the bite. It's 24 damage from the warhorse. <laughs> yeah, they did say you gotta let this thing out and mm-hmm. like you know, run it run its courses. 
So, yeah, yeah, you yeah. definitely needed to blow off some steam. Oh my, he, uh, he certainly step on snack. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he uh, never let go of that one neck from the last turn and just rips a huge chunk of meat out. Once again, pivoting and kicking it with both back legs and the body just tips and plummets, oh. bubbling and corroding into this pool of magma. Now that it's dead, its fire resistance is gone and its corpse just starts to melt. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are on the ground next to it. Yes. So you grab onto what was the tail and as the rest of the body melts away, you get this big, <gasps> wide chunk of Hydra tail. Wow. Well, who likes the name Hydrovore? Oh. <gasps> I do. And I take a giant bite out of it. <laughs> oh. And as Harathax feasts on the remains of this meaty hydra tail, suddenly a beautiful celestial music drifts down as though four voices singing in unison. And as you look up at the ruined church on the top of Helderon's peak, you see a beam of pure, true sunlight illuminating it. And with a mighty kick, the Flame Hydra is knocked out and plunges back into the lava from whence it came. And what a kick. Someone get that pony a carrot. Or, I guess a meat carrot. Hot dog. Now the question remains, is this the worst the Hero Rank team will face now that they're back in the Kamarian wilderness? Or is it just the tip of the lava iceberg? Lava iceberg doesn't make any sense, Kip. Those are rocks. You're thinking of rocks. Well, a swing and a miss for yours truly, but without a doubt, a resounding success in this battle for the dawn. Let me tell you, if and when these MDs make champion, I might just draft a few on my fantasy luck roster. Oh, Storm, I never would have expected someone like you to play Fantasy LUQ. You were on one of the top-ranking teams for a decade. You helped to shape the game. Yeah, I know, but it's fun. It's a numbers game. Knockouts, grits, saves, loot lists and limits. Earn a few gold for picking up some good players. Closest thing to math I've ever enjoyed. Don't yuck my yum, Killigan. Oh, sorry, Storm. It does sound like a lot of fun, and with your knowledge of team mechanics, I imagine you're an ace at it. I was just surprised. <laughs> sorry, pal. Nah, <laughs> it's fine. It's a pretty silly game. You'd think I'd be a real natural, but I keep picking stinkers. I swear to the gods, if Tanson Lavigan gets another close quarters KO or a jammed crossbow, I'm gonna hunt him down, take the 30 gold I lost out of his own pocket, another couple hundred to buy him some gear worth a damn. Well, I'm sure he'd be grateful for a few pointers, Storm. In the meantime, the Mortal Dawn are at the base of a dangerous volcanic mountain, looking up at what appears to be a temple bathed in light. Perhaps the destination they seek. Yep, nothing weird or ominous about that. Will our heroes clear the craggy climb and check the chanting from the church? Or will the mysterious Molten Ministry make mincemeat of the Mortal Dawn? Find out next week on another action-packed episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. Shit. Oh my god. Oh really my god, cool. I'm so excited. Huh. Oh, yum, man. yum, yum, yum. That was a big fight, fellas. That was I, a big that fight, hurt. fellas. I mean, hey, we got to do a full fucking combat beginning totally. to end, and that was a hard one. And in pole punches, you guys dealt it all of its 172 hit points of damage. I'm just very pleased that my new spell actually did stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm pleased that I didn't die because that was a little hairy <laughs> for a minute. It hits you quite a few. <laughs> yeah. I loved starting the battle with two crits. Yeah. Oh, what a, just, that was just like, ah, crack in the neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and then trying good. to take the remains away so I can't use any of my abilities on them. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need those. I'm just so fucking stoked that I that I did okay. Like, I was so worried that it was just going to be me taking like piddly pot shots at the fucker. You know who else did okay? The horse. Yeah. Goddamn. What a good boy. I mean, his name is Hydra now, right? Like, that's Hydra. Or Hydra Bane, something like that. Yeah. Ooh. I'm still liking Mr. Dread, but Hydrobane's all right. Yeah. Not, yeah. That almost sounds like a plumbing cl- chemical, though, <laughs> Hydrobane. I like Hydrovore because it runs together really easily. Sure, you, don't yeah. have to, you don't have to stop on the A mm-hmm. and, and continue with the B. Also, he ate the fucker, so mm. Hydrovore. Yep, mm. Mm. yep that, that tells people what happened. I like the idea that the horse and Harithax <laughs> are both just tearing into it and eating. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are they fighting over the tail? <laughs> Hail Hydra, guys. <laughs> Hail Hydra. Yikes. Well, Michael, would you like to take us out? Sure. All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck right. out of here. Let's get dinner. Michael Street. Yep. Play me off. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us for the League of Ultimate Hydrophytes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and questing, of course. We're going to go around the table. We're going to start, as we usually do, with... Sam Bam Bam. Yeah. I play the Drew Barb Arvid Ulfmund, uh, horse 
Unleasher. <laughs> Who let the horse out? Me. <laughs> <laughs> horrible noise to hear. <laughs> So the way Sam introduced herself, I'm like, whoa, Black Betty, Sam, I, yeah. <laughs> I heard it. I yeah. wanted. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's me, and I never don't. <laughs> well, that whole series of sentences was just. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Michael Loving. I'm playing Harithax, the dragonborn warlock of the firstborn, uh, currently eating some some uh, roasted hydra tail. Mm, that sounds dirty. Yep. <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Alante. I play the Christogrand, <laughs> the crystalline sorcerer and bard. And I really want to know where the music's coming from. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I am Zach. I play Arctem Volkov, the cleric of sunlight and suffering. And I think he's about to meet his fucking maker. <laughs> My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master for the League of Ultimate Questing. I am also the creative director of Slapdash Studios. And while I am the technical director of Slapdash Studios, I want to give a special thanks to Tori Christensen for editing for us. Victorious! <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm doing the outro. I'm all out. <laughs> yeah. You were, so all wait- you were so casual. I was all waiting for somebody else to chime in. Uh, as you no doubt, well, I guess there's some doubt, may or may not know, new episodes of the League of Ultimate Questing premiere Mondays. Uh, on your favorite podcasting service, we're we're on pretty much all of them at this point. And if somehow we're not on your favorite podcasting service, let us know. Maybe we can get it on there. Mm-hmm. But you can always listen at theluq.com, uh, which is our website. Every episode is on there, as well as links to our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of our uh, Patreon links are on there. There's a link to Level Up Dice on there. You can find a link to our Discord, which you can join for free. Uh, as well as some additional channels on the Discord if you support us on Patreon, which is a very nice thing to do for the company. Keeps us going. Uh, which is, in fact, a company now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Slapdash Studios LLC. Yep. And also, we've got a couple, we have like one public appearance coming up. A couple of them got canceled due to virus concerns, mm-hmm. but... Uh, We're going to be doing a live show here relatively soon. It's going to be in summer. Uh, Get ready for more dates. I might have already given it to you in the mid-roll. Yep, that's very, very possible. Uh, I may at some... Well, at some point, I will be appearing on an episode of God's Fall if Aram ever gets his shit together. Whoa, whoa. Do you want to say that on... on, (laughs) Anything you want to walk back there? No, no, that's that's exactly what I'm rolling with because we're we're friends and he knows... close enough for some good shade. He's probably not listening. We're we're (laughs) friends. Yeah, he'll he'll listen to this years down the road because he keeps saying that he's going to listen to it. Once he finishes his book, then he'll actually listen to this and he'll be like okay i deserve that <laughs> um but other than that have i hit the highlights i think mm-hmm. we're good yeah you can buy luq t-shirts on the website too that's a thing that you can mm-hmm. do and keep an eye out for upcoming merch yeah well there there are plans mm-hmm. plans are in the works but until those plans come to fruition we hope that you will keep growing and questing together with us as well as introducing the show to your friends, which is the thing that I forgot to do. Uh-huh. Please rate us on iTunes or any other podcasting service that allows you to rate the podcast and share the show with people. It's how we grow. We're not advertising on other shows. The only way for new listeners to find us is for them to randomly get a wild hair to look up D&D uh, sports podcasts, which probably doesn't happen a whole hell of a and lot. I can't even guarantee that that SEO is set w- up would actually, <laughs> Yeah, would actually happen. So you telling your friends is the way people find this show. Please do that because that's why we make the show. Until then, we wish you luck. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.